Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, you're listening to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and this week we're bringing you a review of Lamb, plus covering off all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies and can't wait to dive into Lamb, which follows a childless couple, Maria and Ingvar, who discover a mysterious newborn on their remote farm in Iceland. The unexpected prospect of family life brings them much joy before ultimately destroying them. Now, to help us with the pronunciations of this film, I've asked my Scandinavian husband, Uli Christian, to jump in and read the stats for us. Thank you for having me. I'm Norwegian, not Icelandic, but I'll give it my best shot. The uh, Lamb movie is directed by Valdemar Johansson, screenplay by Sean and Valdemar Johansson, starring Numi Rapash, Hilmir Snar Gudnason, and Björn Hlynur Haraldsson. Ollie represents our first special guest on the podcast. Is that right, Lee? I think he does. And although he's Norwegian, he did a pretty good job of those Icelandic pronunciations. Now, Tim, jumping straight into this film, the less evolved part of my brain said, what the hell did I just watch? (laughs) Then the more evolved film critic part of me wants to delve into where this story came from. And it draws on a mixture of Icelandic folktales. And it's really hard for us to keep this film spoiler-free. Obviously, Mm. you're alluding to Icelandic folklore Mm. that plays a key role 
in the story of this film. And we're going to dance around that because I think you can agree, Lee, that this movie to be enjoyed in its full capacity is to go in not knowing a great deal about it, to take on the twists and the surprises mm. and the nuances that it that it plays out, correct? Correct. I think what we can say, though, is the base dark fairy tale is what a lot of stories are built from. A childless couple finds an unusual child and something will always come calling to claim it back. You know, you see it in like Superman, for example. Exactly. An alien child found by the Kent family. There's also there's so many fairy tales that dive into this kind of theme. Yeah, it draws inspiration from many source material, but it is deeply and fascinatingly original. And certainly in the outset, I think that this film presents as quite grounded in reality, doesn't it? Mm. As you said, you've got like a a couple uh, living out their lives on a remote North Atlantic sheep farm. They're delivering baby lambs in the springtime, all those sorts of things. And, you know, Lee, I really enjoy films that present the everyday, the mundane of life Mm. with chores and simple things like sitting at the table, drinking a tea and reading a book in bed. And I really liked that aspect of the film, but the simplicity of it, the mundanity doesn't last long, does it? No, not at all. But it's interesting that you say original because it was actually the winner of the prize of originality at the Cannes Film Festival this year. Yeah, and so deservingly so. Mm. There's not a lot of dialogue Though you have to glean everything from the performances of the actors and the little details that tell you what you need to know of the backstory from Ingvar pulling a crib out of storage, which tells you that they can't have children, to the brother in law, Peter, touching Maria's face. So obviously they have a backstory and a history between them. Yeah, you, you do learn that the couple have experienced significant and devastating loss. And this film explores that and, and when this couple are presented an opportunity to live a life that reflects some kind of normal, no mm. matter what that is, it asks the question, what would you do? And these, these couple make a decision and, uh, and, and that's in the film. And I also found the dialogue being minimal was to really, really great effect. It allowed everything else visually to tell the story for them, didn't it? Yeah. The minimal dialogue represented two things for me a couple having nothing to say and then through what they experience and encounter later, not knowing what to say Mm. and having this deep connection and understanding that the choice they made didn't need discussion. Yeah, that's really, really well put. The tension, it also adds to the tension, doesn't it? It builds Mm. excruciatingly slowly sometimes but very effective. I felt quite tense and sick to my stomach in some parts. Sick to the stomach. Talk to me more about that feeling. Just with the tension. I was like, I need this to break for goodness sake. Something needs to just happen quickly, you know. It messes with how your brain is processing what you're seeing around you. Yeah. I, I saw that it that, that the film presents this kind of new surreal reality for the couple. Like you start the film in this deep reality, mm. but then it still feels so real, but it's surreal. Yeah. Does that make sense? I hear what you're saying, yeah. I also think some of that unsettled feeling for me came from animal cruelty. Mm -hmm. Like there's not a lot of it in this film, but as soon as something like that happens, I'm disconnected from a movie. It loses me. And I just thought, oh, God, I I could see it coming. And I was like, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. I don't want this to happen. But you know it's going to happen. Now, I know you're a firm believer of violence shouldn't be in a film unless it's absolutely necessary, and especially Mm. with animal cruelty. Well, all sorts of violence, if you ask me. 
Did you find that the violence was necessary in this film for your experience? Some of it was. Yeah, there's a bit that I don't want to go into too much with the dog that I thought, oh, yeah. what was the point of that? Because then it just never went anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it plays on to the theme of grotesque that this film mm, explores yeah. as well there. I can see the purpose of it, but I didn't enjoy that aspect, that's for sure. I mean, nobody does, obviously, but... No, I can say I, did, I didn't enjoy that either, but it was no. very impactful, I think, so it, it delivered there. And it's never acknowledged that something weird is going on. As you said before, mm. they don't need to say much to understand each other. They're living in sweet denial until this wayward brother turns up and kind of points yes. out in the second act, hang on, this isn't right. Yes, this is not right at all. His reaction to the situation initially was that of confusion mm. and he's clearly concerned about that and you're kind of like wondering what's going on because you haven't, as the audience, been revealed the, the truth yet. No. And there's this line of dialogue that he has between his brother and he says, what the fuck is this? To which the the reply was happiness. Mm. Did that really pack a punch for you when, when that was said? Yeah, it's kind of sweet, isn't it? Mm, but uh, again, it's that minimal dialogue and just yeah. that one word happiness encapsulates so much about what you're experiencing mm. as an audience member and the characters and it was just perfectly realised. And Ingvar as a character I really enjoyed. He's this lovely, loving husband, very doting, while Maria, on the other hand, is tough and unyielding and a little colder, I would say. I certainly felt from their relationship, I asked the question early on in the film, where is the joy in the relationship? Where is the connection? Mm. And the silence between them tells more than one story here in their experience, in their life and mm. their relationship. And then this event happens and the connection between them is felt and it's quite beautiful, raw and tender with things that I felt about mm. their, their developing relationship. Yeah, there's a lot in the backstory and you see it through the performances. I had a real deep empathy for these characters as well. Yeah. Not only at the beginning but during and, and towards the end. And Ingvar, I don't know if this is a good way to encapsulate him but he had this rugged kindness to him. Yeah. Did you feel that as well? Bit of vulnerability. That's a really nice way to put it. As I said, I really enjoyed him as a character. All of them actually did a really great job. They're just unbreakable characters, aren't they? You know, they work hard, they love the simple life and they have this deep connection that doesn't need words. Did you feel that the character of the brother mm. took on your experience as an audience member? Yeah, he's almost the frame through which we see this couple. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was a really great mechanic of this story, uh, which I really loved. Because before he comes into the story, you start to wonder whether they can see what you can see. Yes, that's interesting. You know, I was wondering, I'm going, did, do, do they understand what's going on here? Or are they living in such denial that they just can't see what's right in front of them? They were living in happiness. <laughs> happiness, denial, same, same. Same, same. Um, one element, Lee, because I know we really want to jump into the cinematography and sound design of this film. Yeah. One one element of this film I didn't quite understand were the choice of chapter markers. Perhaps mm. it was a folklore thing that they were drawing on there, but simply breaking up the narrative with a chapter one, chapter two, mm. chapter three, it didn't add anything to me. And I thought, would have it made more sense if they had chapter names? Because I wasn't sure why they were there. I see what you're saying. It didn't bother me so much and I think it probably does come down to that folklore, fairy tale kind of thing. Yeah, because the, the film was so beautifully paced, I don't think they needed to break it up with a little chapter marker. It wasn't a real 
like issue I had with it, but I was just confused why it was there. I was it's interested what what you thought. No, I didn't have any deep thoughts about it, Tim. Good. I'll move on. From okay. <laughs> let's move let's move on to Eli Aronson's cinematography, which is absolutely gorgeous, mm. setting this foggy, unsettling tone. Even in summer, it's Ooh. very sinister. Yeah. You know what I wrote emphatically on my mm. notepad while watching this film? Oh, the landscape. It was oh. one of the first things I wrote down yep. watching this movie. Yep. You really feel the isolation in the cinematography and the sound design, this beautiful setting, stunning landscape set beside this imposing mountain with snowy peaks. It's gorgeous. I mean, Iceland, in my opinion, does not have a bad angle. And the film opened up so viscerally. You had these horses in the snow, the camera pulling in, the sound and the harshness setting the tone. And I was wondering of this opening while I was watching it, what is to come? And I clearly wasn't expecting what was to Mm. follow, but it really put you in a bit of a headspace that they explored later in the film, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the lighting is very natural and dark because Mm. Iceland is often dark in the winter months and crisp and bright, but still really fresh in summer and spring. So there's not a lot of artificial set lighting being used. And I think that was the right choice. You talk about natural light. Mm. One of the things that unsettled me most about this film was that it was hardly ever dark. It was always light and it was really, really noticeable and you could never rest or settle into this film in a particular way because it never felt like the days ended and I thought that was a really interesting choice. Well, I mean, that's what it's like in those kind of countries, those Nordic countries up near the Arctic Circle. They get 24-hour sunlight. That's just wild. I mean, I used to be a shift worker and and I was able, one of the lucky ones, to sleep during the day, but I couldn't now. I haven't been a shift worker in like 10 years. And it kind of took me back to that experience. Uh, It was relatable to me, but it was still quite extraordinary that Mm. they sleep in the daylight. I don't know. It was just a really interesting layer of this film. There was a moment in the film, actually, which I got a little confused with and it was quite obviously the evening because they came in to sit down and have a meal, but I thought it was the morning and they're eating this huge uh-huh. bowl of spaghetti and I was like, who has spaghetti for breakfast? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite clearly the evening time. Um, interesting tidbit here. The farm that they filmed had not been inhabited for some 20 years and it took the, the team a whole year to find the right one. And they did a lot of work to make it the place that the director had in mind for the film. He had very specific um, ideas on the layout and the shapes that he wanted, the directions and the colours. So it took them a while for them to prepare to shoot there. And it was all finally came to fruition just two weeks before they started filming and um, to be the rightful home and space Mm. and tone that he wanted to have here. And I think that was just a really conscious decision and Mm. I can't imagine it looking any different. I love stories like that about the work that goes into these things behind the scenes. It's absolutely incredible. And also what just blows me away, we haven't mentioned that it was this director's directorial debut. Goodness gracious me, what a vision realised to such perfection. I don't know if I'd say perfection. It's really, really interesting. I think it fell down in the third act. The third act really dragged on for me. Sure, yeah. uh, I guess can you delve into that a little bit deeper for me or are we kind of walking on eggshells there for our listener? Yeah, I think I'll do it in the wrap-up. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Can we talk the sound design, Lee, before we wrap up this film? It was hard for me to pick an element that I enjoyed most about this film, but the sound design was just incredibly immersive, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was really simple 
in the choices that it made, the sound of a car driving on the road, mm-hmm. the tractor lifting up the harvest, the sound of rain, the sound of wind, of course, animal sounds because they're on a sheep farm, sounds of digging. There is silence, but it is never silent. Mm. There was always something immersing you in this environment. The sound design was one of the most important characters in this film for me. Again, it's that really simplistic approach, but there's a lot of work and detail behind it. And it really set the tone for me straight from the beginning, that really unsettling foghorny kind of sound. It wasn't a foghorn, but it was just really almost like a sheep sound, but really low and guttural and like a wind kind Mm. of sweeping over these isolated peaks. It was really nerve wracking. And I was like, oh, what am I in for here? Well, yeah, exactly. Guthrie, what a word. Mm. Love that. All right, Lee. So do you think it's time we wrap up our review and rate Lamb? Let's do it, Tim. This story is ultimately about not being able to fight the nature of things, even in the face of a miracle of sorts. But it's stretched out and then wrapped up with an underwhelming finality that makes you wonder why it took so long to get there. It would have made a great short film, I think, as a feature it will grip you with the tension, cinematography and performances, but then struggle to expand on its themes of grief and man's domination of nature. But you have to give Lamb points for originality. I'm going to give it two and a half popcorn kernels. Well, Lamb left me intrigued, terrified and deeply disturbed. For such an intimate story, it delivers on such an incredible scale. A24 have done it again and continue to produce thought-provoking cinema. This is a film that you will find both beautiful and grotesque. You might not quite be prepared for this one. I'm going to rate Lamb three and a half popcorn kernels. It's a very different rating there, Tim. Mm, That's all right. That's why we're here. Yep. Lamb is in Australian cinemas from October 14, pending lockdown restrictions. All right, Lee, let's jump straight into our news and trailer section Big news to kick this week off. No Time to Die has smashed the international box office, bringing in $119 million from 54 foreign markets. And that doesn't even include China or Australia at the moment. Mm. We'll get Daniel Craig's final outing as James Bond on November 11. So we've still got to wait a little while. Avoid those spoilers if you can. The Children in the Pictures is currently screening in cinemas around the country and virtually via Fan Force TV before it airs on SBS on October 24 as part of the broadcaster's Australia Uncovered documentary series. That's right. The local documentary takes audiences inside the Queensland Police Service's Argos, an Australian-based investigative team that has one of the toughest but most rewarding jobs in the world. Argos goes undercover in global criminal networks to hunt down the world's worst abusers and rescue children from online sexual abuse, shining a light on the dark reality of some of the greatest crime stories never told. To find a local screening near you, seek help or find out how you can get involved visit childreninthepictures.org. Now, Tim, Tilda Swinton, George McKay and Stephen Graham have joined neon musical The End. The movie centres on the last family of humans on Earth and is set to begin production in late 2022. Of course, why didn't I think of a musical about the end of the world? Well, yeah, I was about to ask you, have we ever had a post-apocalyptic musical film before? don't know, but I'm really intrigued. Yeah, and Tilda Swinton, great cast, great lead there. So Mm. couldn't think of anyone better to take us to that world. (laughs) (laughs) No. Tim, DC Fandom is happening next weekend from 4am October 17, and that's Australian Eastern Daylight Time. 
Join us on our socials because we're going to bring you all the most exciting DC film news and there's going to be plenty of it. Sorry, is this me learning that you and I have to be up at 4am next weekend? <laughs> you, yes. You're breaking this to me in our news section, Lee. <laughs> Good to know. Sorry about that. We can expect big sneak peeks at DC blockbusters, including Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, The Batman, Flash, and you just know The Rock is going to have some juicy new footage of Black Adam for us. You know it. He's always delivering for his fans, isn't he? Yeah, always, always. Now, the official Tick, Tick, Boom trailer dropped this week. Pulitzer Surprise and Tony Award winner Lin-Manuel Miranda makes his feature directorial debut with this film based on the autobiographical musical by Jonathan Larson, who revolutionised theatre as the creator of Rent. Andrew Garfield will play John, a young theatre composer who's waiting tables at a New York City diner in 1990 while writing what he hopes will be the next great American musical. Days before he's due to showcase his work in a make-or-break performance, John is feeling the pressure from family and friends while being part of an artistic community that's ravaged by the AIDS epidemic. With the clock ticking, John is at a crossroads and faces the question everyone must reckon with. What are we meant to do with the time we have? Tick, tick, doom. Tick, tick, doom. <laughs> well, it is, it is quite doom, isn't it? It is a bit doom and gloom. Tick, tick, boom will be available on Netflix from November 19. Can't wait to see that one. The teaser for Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City dropped this week, Tim. Returning to the origins of the massively popular Resident Evil franchise, fan and filmmaker Johannes Roberts brings the games to life for a whole new generation of fans. Once the booming home of pharmaceutical giant Umbrella Corporation, Raccoon City is now a dying Midwestern town with evil brewing below the surface. When that evil is unleashed, a group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind Umbrella and make it through the night. We can expect this origin story to hit Aussie cinemas December 9. It's not far away. Lee, do you think it's too soon to reboot the Resident Evil franchise? I don't know. It's extremely popular, so I think people want it. Yeah, and we've not had this sort of story before, right? It's more of an origin story. I think so. The first trailer for Cyrano brings the heartbreaking, timeless love story to life in a new way. Award-winning director Joe Wright envelops moviegoers in a symphony of emotions with music, romance and beauty, starring Peter Dinklage, Hayley Bennett and Kelvin Harrison Jr. Goodness, Joe Wright knows how to shoot a Mm. film. This trailer looked beautiful. So a man ahead of his time, Cyrano dazzles with ferocious word and swordplay, but convinced that his appearance renders him unworthy of the love of devoted friend Roxanne, Cyrano has yet to declare his feelings for her, and Roxanne has fallen in love at first sight with Christian. It's a heartbreaking tale. I can't wait to see it unfold with this Mm. cast. We can expect Cyrano in Australian cinemas February 2022. Now to wrap things up this week, actress Jamie Clayton has been named as the new pinhead in a rebooted Hellraiser movie with original creator Clive Barker on board as producer. That's promising that Clive Barker's on board at least. Yeah. There have been four Hellraiser films released in the late 80s and early 90s with six more going direct to home entertainment. That's a huge franchise. Wow. And although they didn't take in a lot of money, the horror franchise has become a real cult classic among fans. Now, this is another horror cult classic that I haven't seen before, so I'll be mm. watching the original before this remake. Ha- have you familiar with the series? Um, the first couple of movies, yes. I haven't seen all the direct-to-video ones. 
Yeah, I think we might skip those. They <laughs> don't. <laughs> There's a reason why they went straight to DVD. Probably. <laughs> Unspoken truth. Well, that's it for another week of Popcorn Podcast, guys. We covered off Lamb, which is in Australian cinemas from October 14. And you can also check out all the trailers on our YouTube account. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. If you enjoy our episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa, and where all good podcasts are found. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.